Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Quasi Adolfo Mensa with some big comments at the Combine. A Seinfeld reference. Yes, a Seinfeld reference. And oh yeah, some interesting stuff about Kirk Cousins. I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and I'm a good enough podcaster to satisfy a necessary condition. Luke Emnett on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Now 58 days until the NFL draft, and we got Combine Week, a.k.a. The Underwear Olympics kicking off today in Indy. We got to get into. What do you think, guys? Arif Hassan, boxers or brief kind of guy? Kind of guy that wouldn't answer that question in the combine interview. Arif on his way to Indy. We are Arifless today on the Minnesota Football Party, but we'll carry on without him. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next-level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. What is up, everybody? On a Tuesday, it's the Minnesota Football Party on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. As mentioned, Noah Reef, but I'm Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Also with the Ron Johnson Show, Luke Inman, also with Lockdown Sports Minnesota. He's on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman, draft aficionado. And Luke Braun, a rare Tuesday appearance after he was traveling on Monday. Good to have you, Luke Braun, the Lockdown Vikings host at Luke Braun NFL. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. You can find Locked On Sports Minnesota in so many different ways, you guys. On YouTube, Locked On Sports Minnesota. Subscribe to get all of our videos. You can get us on audio wherever you get your podcasts. With Amazon Fire Stick or Roku devices, the Locked On Sports Minnesota app allows you to watch us on your smart TVs. On today's show, gentlemen, reacting to Quazy's quotes in Indy. Quazy told himself he was going to say less. He said some stuff today. If you read between the lines, he said some stuff. We're going to react to Dalvin, Dalvin, and Kirk comments from Quazy. Um, also, our free agency preview continues with the tight end position and a four-minute drill on who you would protect. If you could put, put a protective bubble around a Viking to protect them from being cut or traded. Who would you put it around? And we also have our draft part of the show that Luke Inman will run. I think we got some mock draft action coming at you in a little while. But first, guys, um, we can talk crazy. The Seinfeld reference, phenomenal. Love Seinfeld. Love the references. Um, but also, more interestingly, Kirk Cousins with some quotes uh, via Quasi. Let me read them to you, and let's get your reaction. Here's what he said. We talk about necessary and sufficient conditions in math. A necessary condition is having a starter-level QB, a quarterback of above certain threshold. Having a good level quarterback is a necessary condition. Kirk Cousins meets that threshold, so we know that. Okay, now how do you build the rest of the team around him to make sure you can win that way? Different quarterbacks require different things around them, but we know that for sure Cousins meets that threshold. How long does he meet that threshold? Those are things we got to answer. Is there a chance to add somebody maybe with different skill sets? Those are all questions we got to answer. So there's not one right way. Braun, we talked about this yesterday, but we want your take. Sort of the ultimatum that came out. Long-term deal or let the contract run out. Oh, the Pelissero report? The Pelissero mm -hmm. report. Yeah. I mean, that, that answer from Quasi, that sounds like a let the contract run out kind of answer. Yeah, that sounds like, a, hey, we're not dying to get rid of this guy. If we roll into 2023 with him, you know, he's he satisfies the necessary condition. That sounds a little bit like damnation by faint praise to me. Um Try, try but, telling that to your girlfriend or wife, you guys. I think that they would love <laughs> no, that. That'll go satisfy good. a necessary yeah. condition. Um, so necessary and sufficient conditions for those who don't know, a necessary condition is something that like needs to be true for the thing to be true. Like to live, you need air. If if the condition is living, having air is a necessary condition for that. A sufficient condition 
is something that's possible, but doesn't is not necessary. Being in Minnesota is not a necessary condition to being alive. You can live other places, but you can't live without air. That's the best explanation I have for that. So he's basically saying, yeah, you need a quarterback that plays well, and Kirk Cousins plays well enough for us to feel like we can build a team that can win the Super Bowl around him. But like like Inman said, like it's there's room for improvement, right? And maybe that improvement is in the draft. And I think going into the combine and saying, yeah, we're not going to draft a quarterback. We're good with Kirk would probably be a pretty dumb thing to say. So the grain of salt on all of this. But the the Pellicero report was really interesting because I kind of thought the most likely deal was going to be and maybe another one year deal through 2024 mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. So we don't overcommit. And when we're ready to let him walk, we let him walk. Um but if that's off the table, if we're to believe that report and that's off the table and it's either a long extension or letting him walk or, or letting him play out the contract and walk, I have a really tough time seeing them giving. I mean, he'll be like 38. Are they right. 45 mil guaranteed to a dude that's going to be 38? I have a really tough time seeing the Vikings come up with an extension that Kirk Cousins would say yes to that the Vikings aren't doing something super insane. Like it really feels mm-hmm. like on a long-term extension, knowing what cousins likes and knowing where, what the Vikings would want. It's really tough to see a middle ground for me. So yeah, I, I kind of feel like he's, he plays out his deal and, and walks. He will be the quarterback in yeah. 2023. There's, there's nothing you do about that. Agreed. He's not getting traded. You know, we're not trading him for Lamar Jackson or whatever. Get those fantasies out of your brain. Uh, but I, I don't, I could see a short-term deal, but if that's off the table, supposedly, then, I, yeah, I think he's he's playing on a contract here then. This feels like a Kirk leak. I don't think the Vikings would tell Pelissero, hey, we're taking one of these two very extreme ends of the spectrum, and there's no middle ground. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from Kirk's camp. This is Kirk at least trying to begin public negotiations by drawing a line in the sand and saying, hey, Commit to me after what I did for your franchise last season. Um, and I'm not sure, uh, other than the QB wins, which are nice, and the fourth quarter comebacks, which are nice and not necessarily sustainable, I'm not sure that that if you step back and look at last season, I'm not sure that it is a sign that Kirk is going to flourish into his deep 30s. In fact, if you use the following filters, guys, age 36, 10-plus wins, quarterback rating of 100 or better you are in hall of fame territory like the only guys that do that are rogers brady manning a couple other big names they are all big Mm -hmm. names um you don't have outliers at that stage and that is kirk in two years kirk is 36 in two years so play out the age 35 season seems like kirk is saying if you're not going to commit to me for multiple seasons then i want a chance to hit free agency at age 35, when I might still have something of value that teams would want. Um, and to me, I think it's a little curious on his part. I think that when you can't really be too choosy at age 35, I think you go year to year if you can, but um, that might be the way that Kirk is leaning Luke Inman. If that uh, he might want to hit free agency again in his mid thirties. Yeah, I think too. I mean, year to year, so much changes. And when you look at just the landscape of the league right now, not only him, but his entire camp, his agent may be looking at all these quarterback needy teams out there. I mean, literally you're talking about maybe a third of the league right now could use an upgrade at the quarterback position. So he's probably trying to use that to his leverage as well saying, all right, if you're not going to roll with me, give me this long-term contract. What are you going to do? Force their hand a little bit and have to draft a quarterback early, probably in round one. You look at all the teams who do need a quarterback and he's thinking, well, who are you going to go get? What are you going to do? You think a Jimmy G or a Derek Carr or guys like that are an upgrade over me? I don't think so. I'm willing to bet you don't think so as well. So it's going to be interesting again, year to year. It seems like this is the year he's able to kind of dig his heels in a little bit and say, you know, what you guys owe me that money especially when looking at again the other options out there for the vikings specifically if the vikings call his bluff though it almost expedites his exit even more because if the vikings take it at face value Mm -hmm. then they'll say okay kirk we're gonna find your successor right away then Uh, whereas if it is a one one year by one year thing then the vikings could get away with saying okay we'll wait another year and then kirk plays well okay we'll wait another year 
Um, this actually does force the Vikings' hand to find that replacement, and that incentivizes them to, to let go of Kirk even earlier. I, I do want to get to other Quasi comments. He comments on both Dalvins. How many Dalvins will the Vikings keep? I think that uh, it's looking more and more like Tomlinson has a chance to be back. They pushed back the void date, and uh, and Quasi, you know, acknowledged that they they really like him. They would like to make something work. Not quite the same level of endorsement for Dalvin Cook. So again, Luke Braun on the endorsement scale, on the commitment scale, his comments on Dalvin Cook starts with having a great player, great leader. In the NFL, you have a lot of constraints, salary cap, different things, and we're trying to figure out how we can operate in those things. But you always start with a great player, great leader, and we'll go from there. Sounds like the truth is kind of sandwiched in the middle of that statement with a nice little fluff sandwich, the bread on the outside. Uh, one through 10 on the commitment scale. Braun. That's like a three, right? Like a two? <laughs> that's that's not very high. That's definitely not a, we really want this guy to be part not of great. our organization. And, and the thing about, Dalvin Cook is that he's not going into a contract here. There is no mm-hmm. reason to touch his contract if you are satisfied with it. So bringing up salary cap and all of that stuff sort of implies we are not satisfied with this particular state of affairs. We already kind of know um, via, I think it was, was it a Darren Wilson report that uh, Dalvin Cook won't accept a pay cut. If you do the math, there is no reason for him to accept a pay cut because the base salary that he would cut down, he'd probably rather be cut and go hit the open market and he could probably make more money that way. Um, so I, I kind of see this as either you do just the base basic restructure uh, signing bonus from base salary thing, which isn't all that effective because I think there's only two years left on his deal, right? Unless you want to start doing void year stuff with Dalvin Cook, which I guess is an option or you let him go and... Um, Maybe designate it post June if you want to, but let him go save your six mil or whatever it is now because the deadline is passed that vested or no, because it's shoulder surgery vested two million dollars of guarantees mm. uh, and move on from there. Yeah, I think the writing was on the wall last year when it would have made more sense to do that restructure that you talked about, Braun. They didn't do it. They needed to clear up a lot of space. They found a million other ways except Dalvin. They didn't restructure Dalvin. So I, I think they were they were waiting for this offseason. I think the decision gets pretty easy. Yesterday, Inman, I told you 75% he's gone. I think yeah. I bump it up to 85. It's crazy yeah. how far we've come from, I don't know, the end of the season, even just three, four, five weeks ago. I mean, I think we all agreed like we were all in the camp that we hope they don't go into next season with the contract the way it is with Dalvin Cook, especially after the season he had. But it just didn't seem very realistic. A big name, sells a lot of jerseys, still got three years left on the deal, including this season, and a lot of dead cap, right? Six million. But you're right, Sam, a lot has changed over the last just two, three weeks, and you get the feeling now, especially after this presser kind of puts the final stamp on it that they are seriously considering parting ways with a guy like Dalvin Cook given the way the salary is set up right now and knowing they need every single penny they can just to have a chance just to get back above water and get at least some sort of money to be able to play with what did he talk about we got to extend Justin Jefferson here when this is all said and done too so they're looking into couch cushions they're trying to grab every single penny they can and as we've always talked about on this show running back is certainly the position you start at when you try to cut some corners on your roster for sure uh how about this little omission by Quazy. I don't know what the question was, but he was asked about the linebacker situation, apparently. We have confidence in Brian Asamoa. Troy Dye is a very good player, and William Huenku, Huenku looked good on special teams. Hmm. <laughs> Who didn't get mentioned there, guys? Not one, but two starters. Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks. Yeah, that That's makes me feel like he was asked about the depth or something. Or was it yeah. just the room in general? I wish I knew. That would be kind of important to this conversation. But they're making it seem on um, Bring Me the News, which I think I think Joe Nelson does a good job. And I think he's pretty, I don't think he's trying to, um, you know, fool us here. I think that this is uh, this is interesting. And it, it's not surprising. We assume one of them is gone. It's just the fact that it's maybe both of them. Um, if we read between the lines, I'm just pulling up the transcript. It sounds like it wasn't about depth. He just didn't bring either of those guys up. You're right. Yeah, that's crazy. Sorry, keep going, Sam. 
Yeah, no, it would would you find it odd, Inman, if they didn't bring one of them back? Would that feel like a little bit of, like you're really depleting that group a little too far? Given the cap restraints as is, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it here in a little bit. Trying to keep one of these veterans, if you could, block them from being released or cut outright or maybe being trade. Eric Hendricks would be near the top of my list in that top two or three. I think he can still play at a high level, but... It's just the cleanest cap cut you have with such little dead money. You can save almost 10 mil and only have to eat about 2 million in dead money. So that makes it very difficult, again, when you're trying to cut some corners. Jordan Hicks, I think we all agreed the moment the season ended, Jordan Hicks would likely be gone. Another clean cut, you can save about five and a half, six million as well. So it's not great, Sam. It's not ideal. Again, you got to be careful getting too gung ho, cutting everybody. All of a sudden, you show up to camp next season and you look around and you go, Where's all my studs? Where's my guys? Is this who? we're rolling with Eric Kendrick seems like a guy in a perfect world I would like to bring back but just knowing the cap restraints right now as is I think Eric Kendricks would make a lot of sense along with Jordan Hicks who is almost at this point a foregone conclusion that Eric Kendricks would make a lot of sense to be a cap casualty yeah yeah and I think Braun it makes sense too to say well maybe we don't bring up Kendrick's name as we negotiate but it is the team has the leverage here because the dead cap is so low he might be a legitimate restructure candidate, I think. I, I think he's in, if, uh, if I recall, yeah, he's in his contract year. So there's nowhere to move mm-hmm. the money to. So if you want to do a restructure, you'd have to do void year stuff, which actually counts as a quote unquote extension. Uh, and he would have to agree to How about that. pay so that cut point, candidate? Well maybe that's a better phrase. Pay cut candidate. Uh, yeah, maybe pay cut candidate. If you, if you can correctly guess what he would uh, get. I, with Kendricks, nothing would surprise me. Yeah, like uh, a a true extension, some kind of you know restructured, reduced deal, uh, some kind uh, of just a straight cut, doing nothing with it. Also, wouldn't surprise nothing would surprise me with Kendricks. <laughs> with Hicks, I would be surprised if he stayed on the team, uh, just because of the way that the team has talked about Asamoa and their actions with Asamoa down the stretch. Um, it, yeah, like like Inman said, it's just we kind of all knew at the end, like, all right, yeah, he's he's lost his job. The thing is, though, yeah, you cut both of those guys, you create a need. Even if you mm-hmm. pencil in Asamoa as a true blue starter, which may be jumping the gun a little bit, but they seem excited enough about him to do that. Um, but you've created a need now. And that's that's the thing about like all of this cutting guys for cap space. Like like Luke said, like but, you got to have players on your team too. Like the cap space has to go to someone Got and somebody. nobody wants to spend any money on anything this time of year. Mm-hmm. The best thing you, you, you can just take every little dollar and put little legs on it and put it out on the field and, and go run wing T with that. Like <laughs> you can't put it on the field, man. Like you got to spend it on someone. So understand that if you get rid of Eric Kendricks for cap space, you are also incurring a cost. And that cost is now we need a linebacker. Now we're talking about Trenton Simpson in the first round or whatever, or we're talking about going, finding whatever linebackers are on the free agent market. Are those guys any cheaper or did we just save nine and a half million to go spend 11 million on the free market on a linebacker? That's part of the deal with Dalvin cook too, is that he doesn't save you that much this year. So going out and getting a new guy, unless you're doing, you know, a committee of seventh round picks, which, Hey, maybe, uh, like, you have to understand the cost benefit in the longer term instead of just each individual decision. If you want to get cheaper at linebacker, go for it, but you might end up getting more expensive at linebacker. Yeah. The the cost, the cost you guys is that we have to watch Troy die, potentially be a starter with his gloveless hands and uh, long snapper, his long snapper look and number. And uh, his lack of tackling, that, that's the cost. And just to kind of echo Luke again, it's like, all right, you got to pick your poison. And I think just from a team building perspective, looking at through Quasi's lens here, positional value. I think we all agree running back is near the top of the list that you start to cut some corners, go with that three running back by committee approach. You don't want to pay one guy, you know, what we're doing with Dalvin, 10, 12, 15 million a year. Linebacker on defense seems to be almost like the running back of the offense. It seems like you can always find guys for whatever reason. Maybe they're not ultra athletic or maybe more blue collar like the Jack Campbell from Iowa that we've started to dig into a little bit more, Sam. That just seemed to fall to the second or third round. So they seem like you can find serviceable guys over guys that 
all right, if we want an impact day one defensive lineman or cornerback, probably got to use a first-round pick on it. So I'm in the camp that if they can find a way to make it work and it's reasonable with the cap, I would like to have Eric Kendricks back. But again, it wouldn't shock me at all. And I think just from a positional value standpoint, it would make sense because I think it is a position you can find a somewhat confident replacement of. Well, again, round two or round three. I know they don't have a second-round pick. There's got to be some maneuvering there. But you get some extra picks, you move back, you stockpile maybe you draft a linebacker in the second or third round and you feel okay about it it's not the dream scenario here but this is the world we live in right now with the cap the way it is we I, let me i chance. know we're doing i know i know we're doing free agency with tight ends but let me give you a pitch here if you cut eric kendricks you cut uh jordan hicks you save 14 and a half million go out sign jermaine pratt from the cincinnati bengals mm -hmm. uh Brad Spielberger projects 8.25 mil per year. So you're still kind of overall coming down about 6 mil. You're not saving a ton on this year. If you just think about that as like a one for one with Kendricks, you say like $1 million. Um, but hey, a little bit younger. He's not even 27 right now. Uh, coming off of a really strong couple of seasons in Cincinnati. You kind of got the blueprint for how to use him. There you go. You want to save a, a, a dime or two at linebacker. There's your plan. How about this? Here's an option that doesn't get thrown out a lot that we've never discussed because I don't think it's super realistic, but we always just assume Hicks is gone, maybe Kendricks as well. Just for the price, if you're trying to save money, and again, I know it's not the dream or ideal, but what if they cut Kendricks and then restructured or made Hicks take a pay cut? Now you go in with Asamoah, who's already cheap on a rookie deal. And now instead of what, five and a half mil to Hicks, maybe he's like, you know what? I'd rather just stay here, stay put, had a good season. And maybe I come back for two and a half, three million. At that, at that point, after seeing what, what I saw from Hicks, I think I'd be okay with a rookie. Okay. I, I Hicks yeah, is I one of those Hicks glue is... guys. He's a culture yeah. guy. I don't know if he's adding, like I, sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out of my way. That, that, I'd much just... rather keep Kendricks at, at the higher, at, Oh, yeah. uh, the mm -hmm. three million higher price tag, I think, or no, I think he's 11, insane. 11 versus six. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so 5 million. Yeah. 5 million higher. Um, I want us all to protect a player. I'll explain more about that after I tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook, which is the official sports betting partner of Locked On and uh, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. The NBA is in full swing after the All-Star break, coming down the stretch. If you're a new customer, want to wager some NBA, get a no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If for some reason your first bet doesn't win, download that FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is so easy to use. Stack your bets up in the same game parlay. Luke Inman, I know that you're you're looking at those NFL draft props. Quinton Johnston, plus 140, first receiver to be taken. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get all of that at the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And again, that no sweat first bet can be lucrative. So check it out. Uh, fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel all right four minute drill time we're going to protect the player start the clock it's time to execute the four minute drill i want you to put a bubble put a protective aura cast your spell Around one Viking who might be on the chopping block. So this is not a free agent. This is a Viking who might be vulnerable to being cut. Luke, if you want to protect Jordan Hicks, you can. Um, but you got rationalized in our four-minute drill. One minute on the clock. Luke Inman, lead us off. I can't protect Hicks if I'm going to protect CJ. That's no. my guy. <laughs> I knew it. I, I knew it. I'm glad he gave me the first pick. No, I look at the, uh, you know, big four or five realistic names that are getting talked about as cutter trade option. Harry. I love want to see him in the Florida system, AKA Harrison blitz Thielen aging costs of fortune cook. We already talked about overpaid as much as we love him. Zadarius Smith. Don't think he's going anywhere. Kendrick's like I said, is up there for me because I still think he's a lot better than what he showed last season but the way his contract set up he's maybe the first to go with almost again saving 10 million only two in debt 
I got to go with Daniil Hunter. And he can't be cut just the way his contract is set up, but I do think they could be enticed if the right offer comes up because out of all those names, given his age, given his pedigree, and the current value just for elite edge rushers right now, I think Hunter is the guy they could get the most for in a trade. But I don't want to see that. I think he was maybe one of the most undervalued defensive players on the team last year. Top 10 in pressures. PFF grades were solid, consistent every week. And I think like everyone on defense, he just got stuck in the wrong system with a bad coach. I think under Brian Flores, he can kind of jumpstart his career again. Let him do what he does best. That's rushing the passer. So I'm protecting Hunter. I want him back. All right. Luke Braun, protect the guy. So my first instinct was to go with uh, Adam Thielen or Harrison Smith, because I think both of those guys are just their contracts are, are so huge and people want to get rid of those contracts. But I also kind of think that those guys are already headed for pay cuts without me interfering at all. So I don't think that I need to use this magic wand mm -hmm. on these guys, but I am going to use it on Zadarius Smith. Uh, he is a very popular cut candidate, probably because when you go to the over the cap thing, and you look at who saves the most money with cut, it's Zedaria Smith. He saves $12 million if you cut him because most of the money in his contract was contingent on if he could stay healthy. We weren't sure about his back and his knee and all that stuff. Um, look, he was a top 10 pass rusher in the league, bar none. He was a top 10 pass rusher. After week nine, he was a top 10 pass rusher. For everybody that thinks he sucked in the back half of the season, please watch football. He's great. Keep him in the building. Restructure the contract if you have to. Extend the contract if you have to. He's a culture guy. He's a huge leader, beloved player, and he's really, really good at football. Keep him in the building. Um, I think Luke Inman was joking. I was serious. My answer is CJ Ham. <laughs> and it's purely for sentimental reasons. But I have a dream of it that CJ Ham will eventually be the longest tenured Viking on the roster. The only ones longer than him are Larry. Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith, Daniil Hunter, and Eric Hendricks. Oh wow! I bet I bet two of those guys are gone this off season. Um, so that would make him the third longest tenured Viking. I want the fullback to be the longest tenured Viking. So if that means they have to cut Thielen and Smith and Hunter and Kendricks, as long as CJ Ham gets to stick around, I'm all for it. Contract year. Pay the man his money. $3.8 million. He deserves every penny. 2.0 yards per route run last year, by the way. CJ Ham. Smart move, right? Respect it. I respect yeah. it. Uh, yeah. That's, I, I can't argue with your feelings. You save $3 million by cutting him, and he plays seven snaps a game. Why wouldn't you hold on to that? Right. Bang for the yeah. buck. Like, what are we doing? Of course. Those are facts, Sam. This um, is a feelings argument. Yeah. I'm in place. Vibes. Vibes only. Vibes only. So, Irv Smith, free agent. Vikings need a tight end, too. We continue our free agency preview uh, with the tight end position. Who would you like to add to play next to TJ Hawkinson at tight end? Uh, let's toss some names out there. Luke Braun, who you got? Yeah, this is hard because the Vikings feel like they kind of want to be an 11 personnel only team. So they might just kind of roll on with, I don't know, bring back Johnny Munt or whatever, uh, you know, cut CJ Ham and just live in three wide. Right. But I don't know. I feel like 12 personnel is a really valuable thing to have access to just to be able to, hey, if they got bigger guys, you know, maybe you can come in and run with it. Um I am looking at the free agency page right now, and there are a lot of really interesting high value options that obviously you won't go with that are going to kind of eat up everybody that wants to spend money on sure. Dalton Schultz, Evan Engram, Mike Kosicki, depending on who gets franchise tagged among that group. Um, but I'm looking at a really interesting one. Let's go to the bargain bin and let's go to a hashtag old friend. Blake, Blake Bell. Bell. Blake Bell. <laughs> hey. The Belldozer has enough versatility. He was so raw when he was here the first time that he couldn't make the team. He has been around the block. He's 32 now. You're not going to be breaking the bank on this guy at all, so he's not going to get in the way of any of your other free agency things. And this is a tight end two role. This is a 20 snaps a game kind of role, so I'm not worried about the age. Um, but I see the the versatility 
and the ability to get the uh, kind of get out there, block a little, run a little, stick route. We don't need a lot from this guy, but I do like having him in the building. I'm trying to penny pinch here, right? Just from a team building exercise here. Already got Hawkinson, top five tight end in the league. Trying to save as much money as possible, given the cap restraints. Tight end two isn't going to break the bank anyways, but just for me, if I'm running the show, I really can't afford to spend more than a couple mil here because kind of need every penny we can get right now. So I'm dumpster diving too. I just pulled this list up. I should have had something prepared. Looking at the bottom of the barrel here and I would think that Detroit is going to sign him back, especially after trading Hawkinson away midseason. But I'm thinking bring the Bash brothers back. Give me a little Motown reunion with Brock Wright. Notre Dame tight end. Goes undrafted. Second tight end. Really good blocker. If you take out the Buffalo game, which I know you can't, but nasty Bills defensive line, you take out his one pass blocking rep for his Green Bay last year that really dipped his grade down. This guy's PFF pass blocking grade was super solid. Finished the year with four straight games in the green with grades of 74 or higher, so I love that. Passing game, his peaks when he was on, really nice. When they actually got him involved a little bit, hit the 90 mark versus Dallas Week 7 with a 90.3 receiving grade. Had almost a 90 offensive grade versus Chicago Week 17. Love to keep him in the division if I can, play them twice a year. So I think bargain bin shopping, sometimes you just got to take what you can get. Understand all these guys are going to have limitations, but for the price, I think if you can get him, if he's even available, I'd be pretty shocked if they didn't retain him. But bang for the buck as you're tied in number two, blocking skills, ability to help me move the change when needed, average nearly 10 yards per catch. This is maybe one of the first guys I'd be looking for, like the Blake Bell one as well. Remember too, KOC, you mentioned it, Bron. I think they want to ride or die with that 11 personnel, but he'd like to sprinkle in that tight end two in the passing game, keep defenses honest from time to time. In fact, wasn't it the very first play of the season? First call he ever made as a head coach in the NFL. Draws up a nice little play to who else? Johnny Munt for a nice little easy... Keeper flash to Johnny Munt, yeah. So let's go. So And route to a blowout of the Green Bay Packers. (laughs) Yeah, so... I'm very interested to see, though, who they bring in going into next season's training camp as tight end number two. Not just tight end number two, just the whole group of tight ends going into training camp next year. All right, guys. Did you know that the number 10 tight end on PFF from last year, who was also the number 12 tight end in PFF two years ago, is available? And he's probably dirt cheap. Do you even know who I'm talking about? Have you ever heard the name? Probably not, because he comes from Houston. No one cares about him. No one's heard of him. He's almost 31 years old. He's been a top 12 tight end two of the last three years. And last year, guys, he played at a salary of $1.035 million. Jordan. Jordan. Jeremiah Aiken. I love it. Central Florida, former third-round pick. Guys, (laughs) Guys, <laughs> he's not bad. Guys, hello. He's not bad. Um, and it's when you not said like... Houston, I thought you were going to go OJ Howard, but, but you, <laughs> no. you're laying out a, a good case here. He's cheap I... and he's effective. I like it. He's sure, cheap. I dig it. He's not going to be super expensive because of his age. Um, but we're not. I I like to have fun with small sample sizes on PFF. Jalen Naylor, you know, top yards per out run guy. This is not a tiny sample size. I mean, this is like yeah, an almost a 500 yard. Uh, tight end last year so I don't know if he's like an amazing blocker I don't know if he fulfills that need that you kind of need in your tight ends but who cares why don't you just have like better pass catchers in a 12 personnel look fine with me I like Jordan that. Akins. I'm looking for cheap. Another guy too I know he's an RFA but again just looking at this list pickings are slim Donald Parham from LA monster six foot eight <sighs> He's been injured a lot, on and off, but when fully healthy, he's a mismatch weapon. He put up some super solid PFF grades, both in the pass game and blocking. I think the Chargers really hope this guy would work out, but unfortunately, just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Maybe he's a guy you can pluck off their roster for cheap, pending on what the compensation and the tender is they sign him to. But I like that name, too. Yeah. You liked him out of the draft, Pride of the 2020 XFL's Dallas Renegades, one of the best players in the entire league. Dang, let's go. Before it got shut down. I give the reins to Luke Inman for our draft activity of the day. After I tell you to check out Locked On Sports today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Lockdown's take of the day. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Luke Inman, take it away. 
Thank you very much, Sam. It is Combine Week. Draft is in full go. And here's what we're going to do today. Fun little draft exercise. We're going to pull up the PFF Mock Draft Simulator. Had great success, great luck, great fun last week doing that with you, Sam. And we're going to do a little exercise. We're all going to draft a Vikings Mock Draft. No trade backs, just the five picks. One first, a third, a fourth, and two fifths. And we're going to have to flip a coin. I won't go first. This is my exercise. I'll go last. But between you guys, you figure out who's going to draft first. We're going to simulate to the Vikings first pick at pick 23. And whoever gets the first pick, you get dibs on whoever you want. Snake draft style, whoever picks last for the third round coming back, pick first. And then we're going to stack our drafts up, see who's got the best. We'll throw it up on Twitter, have a little poll, and see what the people think. But just a good Sweet. exercise, I think, with Combine Week, just to kind of get a gauge or where some guys are going, who you guys like, maybe a draft crush, not just in the first round, the hot names that we always talk about, but later in the draft in rounds three, four, and five as well. Perfect. Let's bring that up. Sam, because, uh, I, well, so you and I won a couple parlays, a couple XFL parlays. Oh, you missed that yesterday. Yeah, Sam was gloating yesterday. Yeah, uh, and I believe yours was bigger than mine. So why don't you go first? Oh, well, that's thoughtful. Okay. Well, let's see if Arif was here, so, we'd be going. Well, no, Arif would war, go but... last because he didn't win his parlay. Oh, true. Fair enough. Okay, um, Sam, hit that magic button. Hit that here magic button. Now, let me just reiterate. When you figure out who you want to select, and Talk us through the thought process. Don't actually select the guy because we still need to look at the board. Just tell us who you want. Thank I'll you. put it in the spreadsheet. Otherwise, yeah. boom, we're off to pick 88. And now me and Luke don't remember who was on the board. So here we go. Kalijah Kansi. Kalijah Kansi. Just for the record. Yeah. Some of the guys who went just before um, Smith and Jigba, Addison, Brian Brissy, Broderick oh. Jones, Luke Van Ness. So... Here we go with right. Elijah Cansey, Zay Flowers, Deontay Banks, Andre Carter. That's kind of your guy. Second, kind of my guy. You almost guy. picked him first last week. <laughs> Andre Carter has had two unbelievable years. Like two years ago was even better than last year. I I think he's more than just kind of a flash in the pan. So I'm I am gonna go, and I love Deontay Banks as well, but I'm gonna go Andre Carter. Okay, With can you scroll down just a little bit, see who else is out sure. there? So Andre sure. Carter, I'll punch that in. Andre Carter. Luke Musgrave. Is that Bill Musgrave's kid? It's his nephew. Oh, I'm impressed that you knew that. So Braun is next. I think Tanner McKee, that's who you want, right, Braun? Tanner Talk McKee. us through, yes. yeah. you know, for each one of these picks, give us the 15, 30 second just thought process. Who do you like? I, I feel like I need to... Uh pick the only player who i've bothered to research <laughs> which is i look it's february go wrong right? with I've done about seven players yeah um i think i'm gonna do that i i am very interested in deontay banks but i unfortunately don't know anything about him so if he's really good he's all yours luke but zay flowers is I, look he's a small guy and that's gonna get in his way but i think he's good enough at going around possible like he's not a guy that's gonna go through you in press he'll go around you mm -hmm. and that's gonna screw up his spacing but I would rather have a wide receiver, with Kirk Cousins in particular, I would rather have a wide receiver that needs to be helped spatially than one that needs, like he'll be out there on time and you just need to maybe make a harder throw. I kind of trust Kirk Cousins to do that rather than someone who you need to like buy time for. Um, well said. Safe Flowers, by the way, going to rip up his three cone. I think a lot of these agility drills this oh, week, yeah, Safe sure. Flowers is going to crush so that's a solid pick great breakdown i think there is a group of fans out there who do want the vikings to just double down and go all in at wide receivers say flowers after this combine week like a lot of guys who test well athletically he's going to boost his stock up i think solidify himself as a first round guy certainly right. might not even be there i've done a couple of these simulations like, where he's not even there so i like that pick all right i'm going like our, our tight end yeah real sorry real quick our, our tight end was wide receiver too we, right. This is a need. <laughs> right. right. We can justify this 100%. I said I'm going Kalaji Kansi. Can't believe neither of you guys grabbed him. Even with the Tomlinson extension talks, I think we need another defensive lineman, that third guy to pair up with Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips. And this guy is an outstanding pass rusher. I don't think either of those two currently on the team or roster right now have that one trait that you just feel good about leaving in there on third down and getting after the passer. So Cansey, a little bit undersized, coming from Pitt, but he's a bulldog, love the motor, and again, one of the better interior pass rushing defensive tackles. So Sam, punch Carter. I mean, it really doesn't matter, I don't think, for this exercise. But now we can 
go to pick 87. And I think, too, kind of glossed over this. Trump, you guys said no trade backs, mute point, don't even talk about. But you know what? I think all three of us would at least try to move down and see if we could maybe stockpile some extra picks. Tell me if I'm wrong. If either you just maybe, maybe you love say flowers or Andre Carter and you said <laughs> no chance, I'm sprinting up to the podium. But I think we all agree in most of these exercises, I hope we hope Quasi is trying to, or at least looking, picking up the phone to try to trade down and stockpile some extra picks. All right. Well, you get the first pick here with round three, Luke, when we got the board for you. Yeah, here we go. Okay, Nathan Dell, wide receiver. So again, even though Luke took, say, Flowers, that doesn't count for my draft or my team. So I could be looking at Nathan Dell, speedster from Houston. I think I need to take advantage of this cornerback class. Scroll down just a peek here. Tredavious Hodgins Tomlinson would be a great nickel inside corner. Super small, only like 5'8", but won the Jim Thorpe Award for nation's best cornerback this year. I think if they do let Chandon Sullivan walk, which it sounds like they could, I think he would be a smooth transition and easy replacement help get some fresh legs in that cornerback room just keep going down just a little bit more here see who else we got sometimes there's some wild cards that oh, you didn't think would be down there all right a couple running back a lot of running backs up here passing on that yeah, this is about Jayden the time Reed. yeah give me the cornerback from tcu again undersized tredavious hodges tomlinson but a really good nickel corner i think in the nfl i really like you that brings us back to Luke with your second pick. You went Zay Flowers first. Who are you going second? I, I feel like I, there is a dire need for a corner. Uh, can we look at the corners available? Oh, you know what? Okay, PFF's really low on Caillou uh, Blue Kelly. They've got him at 129. I think that's the lowest I've ever seen him. Apparently had a great I, senior bowl week. Uh, yeah, I'll go you. with him. Okay, that's a guy that we like, Luke. Yeah, no, I love it. That's a good pick. All of a sudden, you look at your two picks together, Flowers and now Kai Blue Kelly, starting to put together a really good draft so far. I like it. Yeah, I'm sure PFF will give me an F for that one because they have oh, like 129. Yeah. When have I ever I, I always ignore those. You got to ignore those grades, though. So I went edge um, with my first pick. So that probably eliminates Carl Brooks, small school guy. I know you've written about him, Inman. Mm -hmm. Probably eliminates Nick Herbig as well. I don't know anything about him. Um, I'm not going tight end with this pick. I'm not going Sam Laporta. Nathaniel Dell is one of those gadgety players that is going to be, he's a burner. I mean, the Vikings don't really have a player like that. I'm extremely tempted. I am just going to peek down. Yeah, I'm not going running back. A lot of running, running back backs sitting there, isn't there? Yeah, um, and you, because you guys sniped the two cornerbacks that I would have been tempted by, I think I'm going to go receiver. So Nathaniel Dell would be my number Speedster. two. Pick. Also known as Tank, right? Tank Dell. Yep, Tank Dell. Um, undersized, Sam, I'm going to warn you now. Probably not a boundary type of guy, but his acceleration. Talk about another guy who's going to rip up the three cone and some agility drills. His acceleration, his start-stop ability was on display down in Mobile. And the practices I watched, he was like the guy. I'm not sure there was anybody that could keep up with him just from an acceleration start-stop standpoint. So I, I would love fun. the Vikings to, go, to lean into motion a little bit more next year. Yeah. And I think that's the perfect kind of player for that. Like in the, in the low red zone, for instance, how the Chiefs scored two touchdowns in the Super Bowl where you have just that that really abrupt motion before yes. the play that gets a guy open. I love that. And I, mm -hmm. I think that Dell would be perfect in that kind of role. So we move on to round four. And do I get the first pick then? Snake draft, you're coming back. Okay. Carl Brooks, still available. Carl Brooks. Now, small school guy. Take these PFF grades with a grain of salt, but he was one of the top three highest graded PFF defensive linemen last year. Again, small school guy. Haven't done a ton of digging. Haven't watched any tape, but there's a reason. And I know he's at the Senior Bowl too. There's a reason he's still up there. Yeah. When, and let's take note, Travius Hodges Tomlinson, who you took, Luke, is still on the board here. We can't take him. Correct. Um, I'm not taking edge again because I, I have taken that already, and I would love to to address corner. It seems like most of the good ones are gone. Um, gosh, I just don't know anything about DJ. This is Turner normally where I'd help you out, maybe a little bit. Who I'm kind of leaning towards, but unfortunately, it is once it comes to the votes, I can't help you, Sam. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> well. Maybe we'll just have to, you know, go best sign, available. Don't, don't pigeonhole guys. yourself here. 
No, I'm not. I'm not gonna. So I don't I don't love taking running back. I don't like the way the board is falling here. Can we start can we start over? <laughs> can we start over? Day <laughs> two of the draft and going up to the commissioner and being like, Can we It's that one guy at every fantasy football draft who's like, My Wi Fi's not connecting. We gotta start over when you're like two rounds in. <sighs> I mean, I know we like Papo. Seems like bad value, but boy. Well, if we're getting rid of our two linebackers, I'm gonna go with Owen Papo, the project from Auburn. I think he's going to, he's going to season quickly. They're going to, going to get him with that new inside linebackers coach. And I think Owen Papo, this is going to lose me the draft, but that's the, the one guy that I feel sort of strongly about. So Owen Papo, that was my guy. Stop it. And he's underplaying (laughs) it. Who who taught me everything I know about the draft. He's underplaying it. Oh, this is going to lose me the draft. Owen Papo. The only reason he's, he's talked about as a day three guy is because he's really struggled with injuries. So, I mean, yeah, huge red flag right out the gate. Can you keep him healthy? He's undersized six foot two, only two twenty five for a linebacker, but team captain for an sec team at Auburn. And he, again, another one of these guys who was on Bruce Feldman's freak list, going to be a blazer. One of the faster linebackers, apparently is just strong as an ox, according to coaches. Again, take that with a grain of salt. But had he been healthy, I think just the physical tools and traits, kind of similar to a Brian Osamo, you're getting a lot of these great traits that I think Quasey looks after. If you can keep him healthy, I think Owen Papa would be a great pick, especially in the fourth round. So I don't think that that's that bad or bad value there, Sam. I really don't. So Andre Carter, an edge. Nathaniel Dell, speedy wide receiver. And Owen Papo, speedy linebacker. Pretty solid so far, Sam. Back to back to back. Luke Braun, Zay Flowers, first pick. Kai Blue Kelly, who are you coming back with in the fourth round? See anybody here you like? I, I got a couple options, but I want to see. So I, I've been mm-hmm. pounding the table for weeks that the Vikings need to double dip on corner. Agreed. Uh, whether that's a first you. round and a leader or whether it's two in the middle. So it, was there a Cincinnati corner that I saw? On, or, or was that something look. else? Can you scroll down a little bit? Tons of them. So I'll get I'll get back around to those guys. Um, I am looking right now whether or not we keep Dalvin Cook. I think we need this guy. But even it, but if, especially if we're going to get rid of Cook, we're going to need a, a running back. And I love the value where we're at right now with some of these guys that feel like they can be. You can play them as much as you want. Um, and they're versatile enough. I, Dwayne McBride is a versatile back and does not limit what you can ask of him, which I think is what the Vikings need in a running back right now. And part of the the argument against a guy like Bijan Robinson is look at where we're at in round four. You can still be pretty happy. So I'm going to take Dwayne McBride. I think it was PFF. Somebody came out with an article, okay, biggest exactly. sleepers in the NFL draft, 2023 NFL draft. McBride was on there because his play style, I think he averaged over seven yards per carry last year, tons of broken tackles. But his play style reminded me of Kareem Hunt, just watching a few snippets from him. Great balance, tough to bring down. Different style of runner. Yeah, good value at this point. So I'm surprised you went running back there, but now that I see who you took, I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. It's with a fourth rounder, mm-hmm. you know, your expectation is not for that guy to be a starter. And I think a lot Correct. of the running back value conversation falls apart once you get into day three. Cause like I get in the first rounder, okay, you need that guy to be like an impact dude and how much impact are running backs make. And let's talk about it. Okay. But once you get to the fourth round, if that dude is playing for you, <laughs> like if he's on the field every game for his whole rookie contract, totally. yep. you did pretty good. So That's I'm, I'm okay by that point. Good three picks right there. I'll make this one quick. I want a Papo. I'm going to take my second favorite linebacker available. Ivan Pace Jr. Kind of a one-trick mm-hmm. pony. Good run defender. Good tackler. But a outstanding pass rush specialist. One of the highest graded pass rushing linebackers according to PFF. I think he had 12 sacks last year. Tons of tackles for loss. A little bit undersized. Again, maybe a one-trick pony. Only can leave him in at third down. Maybe a special teams ace as well. But like Luke just laid out for a running back, these are guys that at this point in the draft aren't going to check all the the boxes, three down studs, things like that. But I think his unique skill set, I pair that up with Kalijah Kansi. I feel really good about my pass rushers now on third down. So Ivan Pace Jr., Cincinnati. I like him. All right. Let's take him. This is our compensatory picks, theoretically? or uh, Let me look this up on take That would be 177. Let's go with the Princeton kid, the wide receiver. Still trying to figure out how to pronounce his name. Sam, I think you nailed it two weeks y- ago. Yosevis. Yosefus. All right. Apparently a track star at Princeton. Not only is he tall, comes in at six foot four, but apparently gonna run in the four twos. Now we hear that every year from about a laundry list of players. We'll see if he actually does it. He looked good at the senior bowl, though, as a boundary guy. Go up and get it. Got the height, weight, speed tools you're looking for here in the fifth round. And I haven't added an offensive player yet. So I gotta go offense. Give me Andre from Princeton. I like that. Ronnie. 
I once again would like to see the cornerbacks. I still feel like I need a depth piece there. Who's my backup cornerback? This is way deeper in the draft than I ever know how to be. I'm feeling pretty <laughs> convicted my personally about not going cornerback higher because I'm just I, I'm not I'm 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 now feeling like I've endangered our secondary by not going corner. I don't know how you feel. You've got your guy, at least. You've got one. I, I got a guy. I don't I don't know a lot about Kyle Blue Kelly, but I definitely feel like I've lost something by going for Zay Flowers, and that was just kind of the decision I had to make. But also, mm-hmm. I don't know, the kind of second wave of corners was also just like totally stripped clean this board did not fall well for us to to take a corner which sucks sam um, did did they must have boosted up our boy from kansas state brents transferred from iowa big Ten yeah. boy, six foot four longest i never saw him class. once on the board he was always our favorite guy to just draft on round four or five because he was always there and we both loved him at corner and, and then you could double dip there it was a nice little combo but yeah he must third have round cool. all right uh i'm gonna go cameron brown out of ohio state um I looked up his draft report and it said off man coverage. And I, all right. That's hey, it. there Brian you go. Flores fit Ohio state. And the, the, I forget who said this it was some team president that said, Hey, if you have a big school guy with a good athletic profile and no injury history, and he's available in round five, there's only one reason left that can be, but Cameron Brown has an injury history, which means <laughs> there might be some hope for him to be a little bit more. Like you said, you wanted to double dip on corners. So you got your guys. So now you're feeling good going five. into training camp. If he's, yeah, you're in round if he five. Greg Childs is this, it's, right. it's a fifth round. Pick. All right, Sam, back to you. Just yeah, to recap, you've left Andre me with Carter. all the small school corners now. I've got Starling Thomas from UAB, Daryl Luter from South Alabama, T-Jack, and Kalef Hailasi. I, I think with the uh, the the T-Jack nostalgia, I think we'll go with Daryl Luter Jr. I have no other basis for that. I don't know if Luke Inman can tell me anything about him, but uh, I know I'm he's at go... the Senior Bowl. That's all I can tell you. Okay. I didn't hear hear one peep about him. But small school guy, maybe a little upside. I will say this: Jim Nagy yeah. just doesn't invite anybody, so he must have had a good reason to invite him go. to the Senior Bowl. Well, so, all right, you got back to back here, Sam, to round out our last pick in round five, pick one seventy eight, our comp pick for who, guys? All right, so my roster now includes an edge receiver, corner linebacker. So I've got three defense, one offense. I've kind of hit, I've kind of checked a lot of the need boxes. Tyler Conklin. Okay. Fifth back for, hey. Kind of makes sense. That's a wash. Used a a fifth on Conklin, what, six years ago? Got five years ago. Four years of depth out of him and get your fifth back? Mo Mo Ibrahim is my pick for. I knew it. I knew it. I I told myself if Sam finds Mo on this list, (laughs) he's going to punch it. I I should have taken him instead of my UAB guy. Man. um, Hey, what kind of quarterbacks are Let me scroll for you. QBs. Let's see what what we got for flyers and I could just slam Stetson. You either got the athlete and Dorian Thompson Robinson. Oh, there's Duggan. Duggan. Um, gosh, I just don't believe in anybody there. You know what? Yeah, they could use some young. I'll I'll take the guard. I'll take Chandler Zavala. Tell me more about Chandler Zavala. Does that play anything, Luke? I'm way, we're, I I am 10 miles out of my depth at this point. I'm not even close. So I'm just taking a position. Played well against Syracuse. Good zone guy. Good pass block guy. Good run block guy. He looks like a perfect prospect. Can't go wrong. That's a classic Vikings gem interior offensive lineman they find on day three, a John Sullivan, so to speak, that sudden plug and play for the next seven years until a lower back injury goes out and you got your money's worth, though. All right. Keep scrolling down a little bit here, Sam. I might draft a quarterback. I'm not going to lie to you. Keep going. I mean, you, you just got to draft guys with fun Lisa names like Richards Jake Bobo. From North Jake Carolina. Bobo, like, keep I going. think, is probably your guy. <laughs> McAllen Castles. I love their whiskey. Hey, I'm going Max Duggan, guys. I need a quarterback. Uh, tune out there. I, that would have been who I took, but I, I, I don't see Was that your guy, ever, too? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't see him improving to the point of being a backup quality probably quarterback, but that's the not, bet you're making. Probably not, but we're going to let KOC put his magic on it. Stenson Bennett, obviously intriguing. Dorian Thompson, Robinson from UCLA, more the athlete, a little bit higher ceiling. Clayton Toon, pretty solid senior bowl down there too, but give me Max Duggan. Davey O'Brien, award winner. Let's see if he can scrounge together a good couple developmental years under KOC in that new playbook, and who knows? Maybe we got something there in a couple years. We'll find out. That, that was up a lot on of the fun. board, though. Yeah, did you like that? We'll stack I enjoyed these that. Up. Yeah. We'll stack yep. these put, up together. Put these. This will be board. really fun in like a month or two. Like, yeah, really. Yeah. Fun, once like, we actually right know before who the we're draft. Picking. Once we know what the needs are. Once we know, like, yeah, yeah. like how guys are the combine. There's a lot of a lot of unknown information at this point. But that was that was a ton of fun. Uh, check that out at Locked On Min on Twitter. You can see our full teams and that PFF mock draft simulator is pretty fun. 
as well. Uh, for Luke, for Luke, I'm Sam. That was the Minnesota Football Party today. Mailbag edition tomorrow. Send your questions to myself or Luke Inman. Reggie Wilson joins us as well on the Minnesota Football Party. So long, Luke's.